You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. I have a story to share with you today, and so I'm going to politely ask at the outset of this uh, story to please not fast forward this portion of the program like you usually do. I'm really... Uh, moved by this story I'm going to share because recently I had a, a person come to me who's actually a survivor but also prays for our ministry and has connected to our ministry in quite an awesome way. Uh, prays for me personally, really appreciate them. And they came to me, guys, with a vision that they had had, uh, something that they were shown. And it, it concerned them greatly because they were implicated in something that was creating torment for them. But what they were implicated in was not only a torment to them, it was a torment to many other people and, well, was actually the unveiling of an entire orchestrated effort of the kingdom of darkness against me. <laughs> And, of course, Bride Ministries, because, well, I am linked with the organization God has called me to steward. And and so she came to me and began to tell me what she had seen and how she was involved. And she asked me to pray with her. And so we got on the phone last week and prayed and the entire thing was dismantled. Praise God. And I'm going to share the story with you today from, from, from her own words because it, I, I really think it's important for you to understand um, a, a few things you know, regarding what kind of resistance this ministry actually faces. So in her recounting of the whole event, this is what she said. It began with this vision. I was tied in a chair with ropes around me, and I had something stuffed into my mouth like a rag. And I was in a room, in a place like a prison or facility. And I was being made to watch pictures of Daniel. I could see his happy, smiling face, which I thought was good, but then I was being yelled at about things. Like, Daniel doesn't care about you. He's abandoned you. He's not going to help you, and he doesn't want to help you. His ministry doesn't work, and you are still suffering. There were a number of other things as well. It was a consistent bombardment of lies. And the goal was to make me and others submit and say, we hated Daniel. The goal was to get people, because there were many people in this facility, to break quickly. Or they did this thing where they would tie you up and leave you to die. She continued, There were guards around me, and one of them had a whip and would hit me in the chair. I had to say, I hate Daniel Duval. I was then left in the chair without food or water and left to die. Because that was the punishment if you didn't say you hated Daniel. And this individual did not say they hated Daniel. And so she continued, I could see myself dying in the chair and another individual that is a survivor connected closely with our ministry, she could see, was next to me dying as well. I could see lots of people lined up in the corridors that were talking and they were saying, let's get this over and done with so at least I can get back to myself for a bit of rest. The guards walked up and down with whips and would crack them at people to make sure they kept in line and were in control and also for fun because they had sadistic smiles on their faces. People that were being held in this place were taken into this room anytime, day and night. While all this was happening, there were demons getting parts or fragments, altars, 
of people from all over the world, especially survivors or people that knew survivors, because the survivors of satanic ritual abuse and other higher level types of programming were considered a trophy. So the demons were flying in and out with people all the time and there were a consistent stream of people being brought in by the demons. And once a demon brought a fragment or a part or an altar of a person to this facility, they would fly off again to get more parts and bring them back to this place. So people that didn't say they hated Daniel were left to die in the chairs. And these chairs were made public so that other people coming in would see the people dying in the chairs as a warning of what was going to happen to them if they disagreed or didn't submit to what was going to happen to them. They were all made to watch Daniel's face on a screen as well. They could see the other people dying in front of them at the same time and being whipped till they said, I hate Daniel Duvall. Or after a while, if they didn't say it, they were left in the chairs to die like the other people. So, this was the agenda. This is what they saw and then reached out to me for prayer. And so, when we began to pray, this is what happened. When Daniel was praying with me, I saw angels go in and rescue me. They put me over their shoulder like a fireman's lift and took me out. And then I saw the other survivor, closely tied with our ministry, being untied and rescued by an angel as well. She was also in a bad way and had to be carried out by an angel. I also saw angels from heaven ride out on big beasts like I've never seen before, and the beasts were very angry and aggressive as they rode into battle against the demonic forces. While Daniel was praying, I saw a massive flood go into the corridors and flood the whole place. I also saw what looked like a massive Greek or Roman temple's pillars collapse, and the whole structure became a pile of rubble. And Daniel sent living water through the rubble so there was nothing left. Now this next part was so fascinating and folks i'll tell you there there was something i have not addressed on this program um although it was a very big deal because i was betrayed and many of you know that um i was attacked i was slandered a lot of libel written against me made public and you know in in response to that the lord said daniel i'll be your defender um he did not instruct me to clear my name it, it was a heartbreaking season this person was also in the facility. And so she continued and said, and I saw this person like she was split into two pieces. One person was working with the guards against the people that were being brought into the room. And another part of her had died in the chair. I saw a skeleton with no flesh, just the bones that was her. There were a few other survivors that she knows of that are still affiliated with us and connecting with us and um, tracking with us that she saw there as well. And um, the faces were flashed as we were going through the prayer and she could see them being delivered as well. She continued, I saw a picture of Daniel up high at this table and he was very angry at the demonic who had been in control of this terrible place and was issuing judgments against them. And I heard them saying, oh no, oh no, oh no, this is so bad. How did this happen? They were devastated about what was happening to this place and what was going to happen to them. I could see demons crying. And this was me in the spirit as I began to pray in the natural. This is what she was looking at. Uh, she continued, Also, when he started praying, I became extremely cold all of a sudden for no reason. Um, this does sometimes happen to me, especially if I get uh, a shock of any description. And uh, she went on and basically said, After this whole ordeal was over and the prayer was done. The facility had been leveled in the spirit and, and she had watched it all play out, had received her part back that was there being tormented. 
Her torment in the natural settled down greatly. She had more peace. She had more rest. The accusations and all of the, uh, the, the, the record in her head against me and stopped. And frankly, from this, we had reports of things being alleviated for other people as well. It just came in direct conjunction with this particular time of intercession. Why are you sharing this, Daniel? I want you to know that it's becoming increasingly obvious. What we are doing is having a very significant impact. It's having an impact on survivors, on the broken. It has an impact on many people around the world that are coming up higher in their faith and in their ability to engage the enemy with success. And we've been labeled as a threat. And they are using very, very fancy methods of attacking me and the ministry. And um, the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Who knew that they would create a facility that they would take people's parts into from around the world to poison their minds against me, some before even meeting me or coming across a podcast of mine in the natural. I want to say thank you to all of you that have continued to support us. Um, we've been through a lot of broad ministries. We, we've been through ups and downs. and It's really been interesting to see how the Lord has strung this whole thing together. It's been an amazing, incredible journey. And I wanted to say thank you for those of you that have continued to support us, to stand with us with your prayers financially, um, with word of mouth support, telling others about what we're doing, the work. I, I just bless you in Jesus' name. Um, with that said, hey guys, visit us at bridemovement.com if you feel led, support us. Uh, we're going to get to the program now. We have an amazing time with Casey again, part six of her story. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, I'm sitting here on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall with our good friend Casey, who has been with me now for five episodes, and we are about to embark on episode six of a series we're calling Storytime with Casey. And the thing about Casey is that she was one of my clients, and we did a whole bunch of work together to set her free into the glorious liberty of Jesus Christ. And as we took that journey, man, oh, man, did we encounter some very interesting things. Learned a lot. Um, the thing about Casey, she took really detailed notes, which has birthed this series where she's basically recounting to you everything that she wrote down from the work that we did and the things that she saw in the spirit. And uh, it's given an awesome opportunity for us to sit down, her to explain what she saw and experienced, while I have the opportunity to explain the how and the why. And so prepare for part six. Casey, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, it is good to be back once again, Daniel. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, well, you know, Casey, thank you so much for your bravery to get up here and share about the things that happened. It's not easy to talk about this kind of stuff, especially when you own it and it is your story. Um, it, it can be kind of scary and uncomfortable, but, you know, there's a, a whole lot of our listeners that appreciate you greatly, and I do as well. And so as we're getting into this uh, sixth installment of our, um, well, recounting, where do you want to pick up? Well, uh, let's pick up with um, episode number five, where you activated my spirit woman and then you started out with the parts of my uh, spirit woman such as the prophet teacher uh, the um, my ruler etc so what we said from episode number five is that we would continue on with the rest of the gifts of my spirit woman but before we actually started the session for episode number six I told you about a 
previous dream that I had the night before and the kind of action that I took after the dream. Now, I this is the first time that I'm actually taking actions right after my dream because now I've gotten to the point where I'm strong enough, plus you have taught me well uh, at this point to be able to take immediate actions to adverse situations. So this dream was about another spirit being that I was with. He was actually a fallen angel who masqueraded as a spirit husband named Inky. And we were at a, a beach cottage. The cottage had some sort of plumbing problem. So another fallen angel in the image of a man named Enlo came to the cottage to pretend that he was actually fixing the plumbing problem. This cottage was in a spiritual realm on a military base on a beach. So I didn't like Enlo, and I asked Inky if Enlo should be inside the cottage, and Inky said that it was okay. Okay, I woke up from that dream. So upon wakening from the dream, I spoke into existence and sent the hook of the Lord to take Inky and Enlo out. And when I said that, I immediately saw the Lord's hook violently hook into the backs, the back of Inky and Enlo. And that hook actually came out of the front of their bodies. And that hook violently snatched them out of the dwelling place of that cottage. I mean, it was a violent, it was a very violent snatch. And so later on, I looked up the name Enlo by using the Google course on my computer. And I found out the following information. The meaning of the name Enlo is God of the storm, God of the wind, air, earth, and storm. Enlo belonged to an inner family of three fallen angels. The other two so-called family uh, members are Anu and Ia. So I knew that this group, Enlo, Eno, and Ia, along with Inki, needed to be destroyed. So after that, after I told Daniel... Uh, the dream, and then my actions that I took. And uh, Daniel actually gave me a history uh, of this family and what needed to be done further. So as usual, Daniel starts our prayer session, our session off, our coaching session off with prayer. So Daniel mentions that the spirit husband, Inky, and the other fallen angel named Enlil, that's E-N-L-I-L, and the other family members were from the Anunnaki family. Now, at this point in time, I, I had no knowledge of the Anunnaki family, but it was like, I was like, oh, gracious, here we go again. We got some stuff that's about to happen. And sure enough, Yes, we had a lot of stuff that uh, to happen. <laughs> so the other uh, members, the uh, names that uh, Daniel gave me of the fallen angel group were An, Atu, uh, Anana, Ninhershag, and Nana. This demonic family specializes in genetic engineering. So when Daniel told me that, I'm like, oh, oh here we go. We're going to go into some, some deep things here. <laughs> so Daniel used the freedom from the reptilian genetics bloodline prayer to free myself from the Anunnaki bloodline and genetics. Well, and, and I'm going to just jump in right here. So, folks, we've taken a journey. Um because it, truly it all started for me with the Freedom from Reptilian Genetics prayer. And I posted it without actually doing a podcast on the prayer. And you can find it even now at BrideMovement.com. Um, what you won't find is a prayer for freedom from Anunnaki genetics or draconian genetics or anything else like that. That's the only one that's up there at the moment. But 
we we have designed a prayer that is going into my upcoming book, Prayers That Move Heaven and Shake Earth, that address some of these, what we're beginning to call the non-human bloodlines. And it was a, a whole journey that we took because I initially wrestled through how the mechanics work to de-interface a person from these heavenly beings or principalities that were messing with them because we learned early on that there was a big difference between some of these big guys in the heavens that had their own thrones and their own realms and lorded over God knows how many people in the earth and the little demons that just piggybacked on sin like adultery and uh, stealing and lying and you know you have all these demons like low-level devils and stuff so we learned there's a big difference and there was a lot of mechanics involved in separating a person from these big guys so we had written the principality prayer which then um, gave way to what became the human persecutor prayer when I realized, oh, wow, uh, I can apply some of these same principles to deal with the human parts that are terrorizing my clients. And that began to produce great fruit. Well, the next step was to branch out into the non-human bloodline thing, and that began with the reptilian stuff. And we kept getting, you know, the reptilian... Uh, conversations kept showing up in my clients and every time it would show up it would be this big eye roll because I knew as soon as I hit the reptilian stuff I was going to be there for hours just plugging away praying this praying that rebuking this renouncing that casting and it's like oh will this ever end will we ever get the breakthrough you know sometimes we'd go several weeks and chipping away at this thing and I realized that I was able to frame a prayer that followed some of the same principles that were related to the mechanics of the original principality prayer which we later named freedom from fallen angels and other heavenly powers and um, that became the reptilian prayer well it grew again and then I began to realize that there was more than just reptilian when it came to the presence of non-human genetics in my clients allowing for heavenly powers to interface with them and one of those groups just so happened to be the Anunnaki and of course the Anunnaki uh, go way back and they are referenced in ancient texts and they, they are their own group and yes, they did do a lot of meddling with human genetics way, way back. Um, and well, guess what? They're still around right now. And so what I did at that time was I augmented what we called the reptilian prayer and just translated some of the language to Anunnaki. And, and that's where we began, um, you know, working with KC because... It was like, okay, if it worked for that, it should work for this. And so turning it back over to you, I'll let you talk about what happened. Okay, so now the warfare started at this point, and it became very intense. As Daniel led me to repeat after him, uh, the freedom from the reptilian genetics bloodline prayer. So when Daniel started praying, the line that says, I take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and I cut myself free from all reptilian genetics markers and blood, including all sentient intelligences, along with their agendas, related realms, timelines, inheritances in Jesus' name. Now, uh, as Daniel mentioned, we actually substituted reptilian with Anunnaki. So when we, when I uh, repeated after Daniel this line in the prayer, I finally, I, I um, saw myself come to a place in the realm of the spirit where I saw my genetic helix structures and how they were formed and entangled with the Anunnaki bloodline ropes. Daniel, want to say something? <laughs> So this is exactly what gets reported, uh, and maybe not the specific vision, but when people begin to work through some of the prayers that we've posted at our website, particularly when they're severing themselves from Illuminati bloodlines, from non-human bloodlines, heavenly powers, they'll get to specific language in the prayer that is maximally relevant, 
relevant to their bondage. And they'll begin to see in the spirit the mechanics of what's happening in their deliverance. It's like the spirit realm opens up and they're able to see what the Lord is doing or what the powers of darkness are doing to resist the work of the Lord. And it, it, it really is cool when this happens because it serves as a confirmation. It's like, is it working? You know, your body may be jerking and twerking, but when you add <laughs> to that, getting to see some of these things in the spirit, it's further confirmation that, yes, this is actually happening. And what we have to realize, and I, I, I like to emphasize this as, as often as possible, just because the spirit realm isn't physical doesn't mean it's any less real than the physical realm. Frankly, it's more real than the physical realm is. And in Western thinking, we're trained to only take into consideration the physical realm. So if someone has a problem with spirits, they're crazy. No, they're not. And as a matter of fact, the principle that the Bible teaches and Christianity teaches is it is always spirit first, natural second. God was and is spirit. And he was in the spirit, a spirit, and he created spirit and then brought spirit into the natural. In creation, creation was ordered spirit to natural. Jesus was God, is God, and came to earth as God, but was born as a man, being first spirit, secondarily natural. And so on and so forth. It, it, everything is first spirit, secondarily natural. So the spirit is real and when you see things like an intertwining of ropes and bloodlines with helixes in the spirit as you're saying a prayer like this you're 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 looking at a reality that is more potent more powerful than what we experience in the natural plane and it's very important to keep that perspective especially as we as the children of god begin to step into our inheritance in christ which is also first spiritual secondarily natural anyway Go ahead. Yes, Daniel, the spirit realm is actually it becomes more real than the than the dimension that we're living in now. Uh, when I saw my genetics helix structures, I mean they were they were uh, circling around, I guess. They were just hanging there circling around. But then I saw the Anunnaki's bloodline, and what they did is that it was in a form of a rope. But I saw many ropes just entangling my uh, genetic helix structures. So they were loosed by the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The ropes looked like uh, fine shreds of hair, and they were bunched up in a ball uh, shaped like a bundle. So this, if you can imagine someone taking a, a, a ball of your hair out, or if you're at the barber shop or the beauty parlor for women, and you see the hair that's all bundled up in a ball, that's similar to what it actually looked like. So these ball shaped bundles of genetic hair were all piled up and they were ready to be burned and so Daniel set them on fire. At this point, this battle against the Anunnaki's was not over. The battle had just begun. However, we'll have to wait for the next episode, which is episode number seven, to hear what happened in the coaching session with Daniel Duvall. So you don't want to miss episode number seven. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so uh, we all often have multiple incursions with these bad guys. Um, they're, they're often not happy if they lose some ground and they'll come back for round two or round three, depending on how many backdoors and backup programs they have in place on an individual. And So yes, uh, there were further incursions of conflict. <laughs> um, but, you know... It, it, Speaking of this, the these are the kinds of pieces of information that lead to the way we language our prayers. It 
bridemovement.com. And also the prayers that you'll find in, in my upcoming book. I, the, because we get so many reports of like, this is what it looked like. And this is what I saw. And this is what was happening when you said this. It has helped me to tweak and to refine the language that is used to address the mechanics of the bondages that people find themselves. One of the reasons why the prayers actually work. And that th- th- this is what I have been saying uh, for a while. These heavenly powers, these evil groups of beings, um, non-human guys, some of the fallen angel bloodlines and stuff, they don't just say, oh, um, let me piggyback you know, a sin of witchcraft in a person's life. That that's not good enough for them because it's it's not reinforced. They want their actual bloodline woven into the person's substructure, because you could rebuke witchcraft and renounce hatred and slander and gossip all you want. For you and your bloodline, it's not going to touch this level of intrusion, and that's why they do it this way because they want to anchor themselves in as deeply as possible into our humanity. Um, and, and and so they do hit it from the genetic standpoint. And, you know, and the question is, how, how do they get in people's genetics? Well, I mean, I, I do think that some of it has to do with, it, it begins with covenants, contracts, oaths, agreements established in former generations. Uh, some of it does come in through things such as what happened in Genesis 6. And some of it comes in through scientific procedures. They actually do take people, abduct them, inject things into them, and that doesn't get into the modifications that they do to fetuses that are in the womb of compromised people or people that have been put through satanic rituals, so on and so forth. And so there's so many angles of why this could be present in an individual. And until we get to working with someone... I I don't diagnose. I don't say, well, this is why this is there. I I usually don't know why something may be there. Um, We find it, we deal with it. But nonetheless, it's very important to understand these heavenly powers are doing more than just piggybacking sin. They are intruding into the genetics and bloodlines of people. Go ahead, Casey. I'm glad that you emphasize that, Daniel, because it's very, it's so important, especially now in our days that we have to realize the kind and the depth of um, intrusion that these fallen angels are attempting to do. And it took a while for me and my husband really to begin to believe this, this you know, that this could actually happen. But um, we're now fully convinced. So, So we're going to go on. So Daniel resumed back to completing the task of activating the remaining three aspects of my spirit woman. So let's back up a little. I talked about the beginning process of uh, healing my brain and activating my spirit woman with her seven functions in episode number five. Only four parts of my spirit woman were activated. They were my prophet my teacher, my exhorter, and my ruler. So the remaining three aspects of my spirit woman had to be activated, and they were uh, my servant, my giver, and my mercy. So Daniel proceeded with the activation process by calling my spirit woman forth, and he gave her milk and honey and healing balm. So Daniel told uh, my spirit woman that those gifts would be for others. So uh, I let Daniel know that my spirit woman still had her pink pocketbook with her flask of oil. Now, you may ask, well, well, why would you do that? Well, because I learned from Daniel. I remember Daniel telling me that some people's human spirits will actually lose their gifts after after he has ministered to them. So I just wanted to let Daniel know that my spirit woman kept her gifts. She was not going to lose anything that Daniel gave her. I need I need to step in here for a second. All right. So <laughs> I I didn't get it, guys. I did not know. Okay, I'm like I'm like you. I'm learning every day. And when I first the the first time someone introduced to me the idea of ministry to the human spirit, I was like 
I, I don't really think it works like that, though. You know, they were talking about the mechanics and how the, the, the spirit man has a different consciousness than the soul. And it's, it's like, I'm not so sh- I mean, because I was there. I'm like, I don't get it. I've never talked to another, you know, consciousness like that's me also. Like, I don't I, that doesn't make sense to me. Then I met my own human spirit and thing it all makes sense. And then I began to minister and help other people to meet their own human spirits. Ding, it all makes sense. And then we begin to engage with different people's spirit, man. And, and it's like, you know, ask some questions, talk about this, talk about that. What's your perspective on this? Some human spirits, you know, people are very uh, capable of, you know, just letting their spirit talk freely. Other people are very challenged by that. They, they clam up. It's very uncomfortable for them to speak from that place. But I talked to so many people. I got a really good... <laughs> know <laughs> um pot of, of of input to work with and, and then i started to do things like well if i speak you know receive this or whatever it, it, it's a creative word in the spirit and, I, and when i would speak things it, well people's human spirits began to receive them and their souls would have visions of the spirit and say oh yeah i see that so i'll say you know well here's a flask of oil of anointing and the person's soul would connect with that and say wow i see in the spirit that my my human spirit has just received a flask of oil and I would talk to the human spirit and I'd say, well, how do you feel about that flask of oil? Pour it over your head. See how it feels. It's like, oh, man, this is warm and gooey and it feels really, really good. Stuff like that. And, and, and by the way, anointing oil in the spirit realm is very warm. And when it's poured over the head of a person's soul, there's a physical manifestation. Like the person can actually feel warmth of the presence of God. And this has been tested time and time again. So it's really cool. Well... <laughs> So we're playing around with this, right? And and then one day, I remember I gave someone spirit man a flask of oil just doing that. And I talked to them a week later. And I said, hey, guy, so-and-so spirit, where's your flask of oil? And the person spoke from that place inside of them. I lost it. And I'm like, what? how? Like, I put it down. Where? <laughs> and And so, of course, my brain got fried that day. And then I rethought my process and I said, now I'm going to change my language and begin giving. Because this is all new territory for me, guys. You have to understand, I, I, I'm a humble servant of Jesus. That's, I, I'm just like, I'm just learning like everyone else. So I, I, I just begin to think about it. And I'm like, well, if you can put something down and lose it, maybe if you had it secured to something on your person, <laughs> you wouldn't have to put it down. So I started telling spirits, put this on your belt. So I'd make them attach it to their belt of truth. <laughs> Suddenly, when I gave spirits this instruction, they stopped losing the flask of oil of anointing. And then I got fancy and I said, all right, now we're going to get fancy. Would you like a purse? Because some female spirits really like purse. You think you like a purse? Your spirit likes a purse. Your spirit may have really good taste. I know Casey's does. And so what did she get? She got a pink purse. Jesus loves that fact. I mean, God is actually a big fan of style. He's a style guy. Some of the dresses that he hands out in the spirit that come to people as garments of righteousness are spectacular. I mean, they are absolutely phenomenal. And sometimes people get visions and they see these insights of them or in the spirit receiving these gowns from God. And it's like, whoa, I can't believe how beautiful that is. There's nothing on earth like it. Well, so, so, so God is not like a stiff it's like all right everybody gets you know uh <laughs> this white sheet you wear it everyone you know unitard same color same thing for everybody <laughs> that's the only thing you get to wear no individuality you know standard issue white pouch <laughs> no god god actually he 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 rejoices in individuality style fashion i mean he's not opposed to that he's actually the father of creation and, and, and source of creativity. So, um, yeah, she got a purse. And yeah, she put her flask of oil in it and she did not lose it. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Please continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my purse is a bling purse on top of that. Bling, <laughs> bling, 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 bling. <laughs> okay, so now Daniel uh, proceeds on and uh, he called my servant to come forth forward and she couldn't because her wrists were bound together in chains 
and the chains were wrapped around a ceiling pole. So my, my servant was in a basement of what seemed to be a church where tormentors were actually whipping her. So Daniel prayed a war prayer at that point and loosed the engines of God in that place. And I saw the engines of God come in and the engines of God completely destroyed that church, literally destroyed the church. So as the church was being destroyed, my servant was freed from those chains and Daniel constructed cages for my tormentors and then he put the tormentors in the cages and then Daniel also is known for placing a name tag ab- above the cages so that these tormentors, every cage, I believe now that Daniel constructs, that he will put his name on there. He's going to put his mark on there <clears throat> to let them know that um, that the kingdom of darkness can no longer uh, have their way of victimizing people. Now it's time to victimize them. Daniel? (laughs) I'm actually... (laughs) um, Yeah. So, again, uh, we're talking about addressing the spirit realm. And as you begin to walk in authority and you know the word, you know, here's the most powerful way to deal in the spirit realm. Trade on the word of God. If you're going to go and attack a structure in the spirit, know some scriptures regarding destruction of cities or decimation, whatever, in the Bible and declare those over the place that's being targeted for judgment. Um, There are actual strategies and protocols sometimes involved in taking things out in the spirit. Most of them are going to be done from the standpoint of justice. In other words, the justice was God's redemptive work on behalf of Casey and her spirit, who was being afflicted unjustly. And the justice was she gets free. And that facility, because it serves no other purpose than for torment, is destroyed. And from that standpoint, I leverage Casey's case in the heavens and um, re- receive justice on account of that and am able to then go and cause her to be liberated and level the facility with language such as, you know, Jesus, your word says that you came to open the prison doors to them which are bound, to set the captives free, to comfort those that mourn in Zion, to break every chain. And you will contend with those that contend with us. You'll save our children. You are the redeemer of our souls. Lord God, you are the perfecter. And I can go on like all kinds of different things, what the word of God says, what he will do, who he is. And then I can say, you know, and you punish the hosts of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth. And I declare that on the basis of the administration of your justice for your throne is fixed upon righteousness and justice. Um, (laughs) This facility is going down. So I collapse its pillars, throw up its foundations and render them ruined. I create this city into a ruinous heap that will never be rebuilt again. And stuff like this, you know, I lose tsunamis of living water, whatever, this kind of language. And as I'm speaking it, praying it, whatever, it, it, it's happening. It's happening. And that's then what Casey sees as she's being set free is that the word of God that I'm speaking into that judgment is being activated. And so God honors his word. As a matter of fact, the Lord watches over his word to perform it. And on that principle, that is how we go around and, you know, render justice throughout the heavens. It's, it's very powerful. And it comes back to the basics. Know the word of God, pray the word of God, and stand on the authority of Jesus Christ and his word. Anyway, go ahead, Casey. Absolutely. So now I saw my servant uh, and I, well, actually I was looking at my servant and I noticed that she was blind. Her eyes were gouged out of her head as punishment because she did not want to uh, she did not want to be compliant to an initiation ceremony which was held in Dallas, Texas. So Daniel asked me if I've ever been to Dallas and my first response or well, my soulish response was no. Uh, however, Daniel already knew the answer because he was conversing with my spirit woman 
And uh, so Daniel called forth a part of my soul that actually traveled to Dallas to come forth. So to my surprise, actually, I shouldn't say surprise, but I didn't want anything else to come forward. But still, we had one more part of my soul to come forward, and her name was Christy. Daniel gave her some manna to eat and uh, uh, a drink of the water of life. And then Daniel told Christy to eat the manna and also to drink the living water of life and drink it and eat it as her favorite food and drink. So the food and drink for Christy was pizza and Coke. That was her manna. And that was her water of life. <laughs> and and Casey, just to clarify, was was Christy a part of your soul or a part of your spirit? She was a part of my soul. Okay, okay. Okay. Right. She was a part of my soul. And this is very important because uh, after Christy consumed her favorite food and drink. She told Daniel that a lady dressed in white took her to Dallas. So Daniel asked if the lady was a white lady, and Christy said yes. So Christy told Daniel how my servant's eyes were taken out of her eye sockets when she didn't want to be the sacrifice at a satanic initiation. So Daniel asked her, where were the servant's eyes? And Christy said that they were buried in a shallow box in a, in, they were actually buried, buried in a shallow grave in a box next to the church that used to be up at that point in time. Okay, so two demons were actually standing guard over this tiny box. So through prayer, and this is war prayer, and this is Daniel has a whole host of um, the Word of God Bible verses that he uses, and he he uses the the Word of God quite powerfully when he's in war prayer. So Daniel through the war prayer, Daniel retrieved my servant's eyes, and he gave them back to my servant. So Daniel asked Christy. Uh, what was it or what was the meaning or the hidden information that they didn't want my servant to see? And Christy said that they didn't want my servant to see the initiation meetings in Dallas, Texas. So at that point, Daniel introduced Christy to Jesus and Christy was cleansed by the blood of Jesus and she was also healed. When that happened, Christy was so happy. She accepted Jesus, and she was ready to be reintegrated back into my core soul. So she was eager to be restored back into my soul, and Daniel prayed for Christy's restoration to be back or to be restored back to my core. So I like to pause right here. I've already made a heart commitment that me and my house we are going to serve the Lord. That's all the parts of my soul, all the parts of my spirit, all parts of my body. We are going to serve the Lord. So it's getting, it, it's now getting to the point that whenever a part is introduced and, it, and that part comes forward, that part after they accept Jesus is pretty easy. They're, it's like they are eager to be reinstated back into my core soul so that we can serve the Lord. Hmm. And each time Daniel does that, each time Daniel did, well, I've noticed that whenever a part is actually restored back to my soul, it's like you can tangible, it's a tangible uh, feeling of uh, a wholeness, just another part of your soul that's actually being whole. It's 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 being healed. Your soul is being healed, and your soul is being made whole, as the Amplified states it in Psalms twenty three. So I mentioned in some of my previous episodes that I would notice well, and that every time a fragmented part of my soul was set free, healed, 
and accepts Jesus and they're eager to be restored back to my soul. The restoration, there is a wholeness that you can actually uh, feel in your core soul. So now Daniel goes back to my servant and asked her if she knew what her function was. And she said no. So Daniel suggested to her that she was to minister to the Lord and to serve them, serve him. So she was to be a priest to the Lord. And my servant gladly accepted that role as being priest to the Lord and to minister to him. So Daniel proceeds now with the activation process and he called my giver to come forward. When she came forward, Daniel told my spirit woman to pour anointing oil from the flask on my giver's head. My giver held out her hands and she said to anoint her hands as well. Of course, she's giver. She didn't know what her function was either, but Daniel left that task for my giver to discover what her function was from the Lord. So Daniel proceeds on and he calls forth my mercy. And she was sitting on the floor on her back, uh, with her back to the wall in a cave. She's, oh, my mercy was just very angry. She was so angry because she thought that there was no justice. So Daniel gave her, I saw this, Daniel actually sat there for a while. And then he came up with this idea to give uh, my to give my mercy a computer monitor to look at my ruler. And so we both started laughing when he did this. So my mercy took the computer monitor in her hands and she actually looked at, looked at the monitor and she could actually see my ruler. And my ruler was driving her chariot like Jehu. My ruler is like a mad woman everyone if, if if you have not heard about my ruler woman I would highly encourage you to go back to episode number five hmm. my ruler so now my mercy now is now looking at my ruler driving her chariot like like Jehu so my mercy she saw my ruler actually terrorizing the kingdom of darkness and when she saw this she started to laugh and she laughed and she laughed and she laughed. She couldn't stop laughing. And she was laughing at the sight of my ruler ruling in her domain. So when Daniel uh, saw my, my mercy laughing and, and she really lightened up, uh, my Daniel, uh, then Daniel then coached my mercy to come out of the cave. So she got up, she walked out of the cave, and when she came to the entrance of the cave, the glory of God surrounded her as a bright white light. My mercy was actually filled with the mercy of the Lord at that point. You know, I just want to point out a few things, guys. Okay, the mechanics of ministry to the human spirit work out exactly like I never expected them to. I did not know how it worked, and it makes no sense when you try to make it fit with 3D world logic. It's very strange, but th this is what I do know. If the powers of darkness can get their hands on a facet of a person's human spirit and take something from that person's human spirit, they will. Um, in Casey's situation, they actually took the eyes of the servant facet of her human spirit and lock them up in one place while keeping her servant in bondage in another place. And in the spirit realm, these kinds of separations can happen. It's much worse for the soul parts that get taken out of the body and harvested, put on the Babylonian soul trade, because some of these end up in prisons where they are torn in half, torn in pieces, combined with pieces of other people's humanity, combined with computers, combined with artificial intelligence stuff, you know, and, and then they release these constructs all over the earth and the heavens to do different kinds of things. And so many times people's human parts are entangled with all this stuff. And we've seen this in the spirit realm many times. So they do all kinds of really horrible things, which is why the judgment is going to be 
severe and and we continue to see a ramping up of severity as we are doing the lord's work and getting people set free but these are things that you should be aware of and this is things that as you get into the ministry to people's human spirit you're going to run into and i have to be very grateful to arthur burke because i as far as i know he's at least the first person in, in this time to to take note that the human spirit has seven facets and that's what we've been talking about here when we talk about ruler and servant and giver and mercy they're facets of the human spirit and it, it goes like this you know the triune god is god the father god the son god the holy spirit sure but in the book of revelation you see that the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world has the seven eyes which are the seven spirits of god so yeah there is the holy spirit of god but there is a sevenfold spirit and isaiah chapter um, and i believe it's 11 verse 2 says the spirit of the lord is upon me the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and fear of the lord so there's seven and because we are created in the image of god we are body soul and spirit three-part being but our spirit then also has seven facets <laughs> and and that and that is in keeping with being created in the image of god and uh, our seven facets actually mirror these and this is where arthur burke comes in the seven redemptive gifts found in romans 12 and so that's the whole story you have these redemptive gifts applied to the soul but there are counterparts that um actually define the facets of the spirit and we see this play out in in, in every person's life that we minister to it it holds it certain that there will be seven facets of every person's spirit that we address and they align with these descriptions servant prophet giver mercy um, ruler and 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 so it, it's very interesting because as as you get into this ministry what i've realized is that these facets operate somewhat independently one of the other and they're supposed to operate in unity, but, well, it's kind of hard if one part's in a prison with their eyes plucked out and another part is sitting in a cave and another part's running around the heavens like a mad person. So in Casey's case, we're trying to introduce some unification to the functionality of her spirit in its seven facets. And and, and so then you can begin to think creatively. And one of my, my fun... I, what, I, I love this ministry because... You get the opportunity to be creative. If you can think it, you can create it. And so I, I just think outside the box, like, hmm, how can I motivate her mercy to get up off of her butt and get engaged? She is saying there is no justice. And, and then it just, boop, you know, light bulb goes off. Like maybe she should see just how much justice is being manifested by another part of Casey's spirit, her ruler, because I already was aware of what a ruler was doing. And so I just spoke a screen into existence. I said, here's a screen. Boom, screen. It's there. She has it. Why? Because I spoke it. And I, I turned a channel. <laughs> Here is the, what you're going to watch. You're going to watch her ruler. And as, as those of you that listen to this program begin to get into ministry, you're going to find that what we're describing works because it worked for us. And this is how you can get stuff done. Anyway, it, it, these are some of the really cool things that you can do. Uh, and so, Casey, please continue. Absolutely. So the seven facets of my spirit woman have now all been activated. And you will hear... Uh, in the upcoming episodes of how they begin to work together as we are doing uh, all kind of war prayer. So um, now I, I know some of you may ask, well, you know, does it take all of this? You know, is it important? Is it, do you really need to go through all of this trouble to get to the point to where I am today and the answer is absolutely yes I used to ask those same questions myself but uh, I don't ask those questions anymore because I know myself that yes all of the uh, uh, functions or the aspects of my spirit woman plus activating my spirit woman all of that is necessary if you want to be 
um, successful. If you want to live successfully in the kingdom of God, all of this is very necessary. So, it is my opinion that um, that we need some scripture verses to actually talk about our spirit man or our spirit woman. And here, here are just some scripture verses that may may help. And there are a whole lot. Uh, there are a whole lot of uh, scriptures. I'm only going to read about five of them, and um, and then I'll I'll uh, just name off some of the other scripture verse references for you if you like to look them up on your own. So Exodus 35, 21, anyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution for work to the tent of meeting and for all of its service and for the holy garments. Numbers 14, 24, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Job 7:11. Therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in anguish, in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Psalms 51:10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And then Psalm 78, 8. And not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare his heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. So these are just some of the scripture verses that talk about your spirit. I would encourage you to please take the time to go through as many scriptures as you can concerning your spirit and your soul as well. Psalms 142.3, Proverbs 17.27, Proverbs 18.14, Proverbs 20.27, Isaiah 42.5, Daniel 7.15, Mark 2.8, Luke 180, John 4.23, Acts 7.59, Romans 8.10, 1 Corinthians 5.3, 1 Corinthians 5.4 and 5.5, 5, 1 Corinthians 14.14, 14, Galatians 6.18, and 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So that is it for now, and I look forward to sharing what happened to the Anunnaki's in episode number seven. Uh, well, thank you, Karen. Folks, uh, this week um, it's a bit of a shorter episode, um, which means that you're just going to have to come back next week for more. Uh, keep in mind, uh, there, there is a lot of resources at bridemovement.com as we got into some of this you know prayers that you can say for deliverance to unentangle yourself from evil bloodlines heavenly power so we have a whole bunch of stuff on our website it's under the prayer resources tab and I want to remind you guys that um, it's absolutely free which means just go there find it get what you need and get some freedom in Jesus name now, Casey, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on this week's program. And I also want to uh, close this program by, by saying a prayer over those of you that are listening. And I think that you are really going to enjoy this. This is a prayer to bless the human spirit. And I'm actually going to just pray it over everyone that's listening. And, you know, I, I encourage you to just, you know, sit back and soak it in. Um, this is uh, part of a prayer that is going to be published in my upcoming book, Prayers That Move Heaven and Shake Earth. But, you know, it, it's the first half of a prayer for the human spirit. And I think that you'll really be blessed by it. So, Lord God, we thank you for your presence in our midst 
For it is written there, where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in our midst. And listeners, spirit, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I honor you in the name of Jesus, and I invite you to be present at the surface. Listeners, human spirit, I want you to remember a few things. You are light from light, for it is written, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. You are fire, for it is written, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inmost parts of his being. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And I decree over you that your flame is now being mingled with the fire of Jesus Christ. You are breath, for it is written, The Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You are that breath. You are wind, for it is written, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You are smoke, for it is written, there went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. I charge you with the strength and life of Jesus Christ, for you are strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Lord, I praise you for the listener's spirit. And I speak over the listener's spirit right now and command the immediate removal of every impaling object, spear, arrow, tracking device, chain, handcuff, blindfold, gagging device, and counterfeit garment in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, I hope you enjoyed that. It's longer in its finished version. I um, want to say thank you again so much, Casey, for joining me again tonight. You've been such a blessing. And folks, until next time, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.